about Jesus. And, uh, but it's uh, 71 unreached people groups. It's, it's a big task. And uh, uh, it comes huh? in Chad. Sorry, the nation of Chad. Um, it, it, it comes with a, with a big price tag. The gospel is free, but it takes money to spread the gospel. And this price tag comes uh, in the next three years to us at $1.3 million. That's what it does. And that's not sending Western missionaries to go and get them because that takes a long time. So what we do with Joshua Nations is we go in, we raise up indigenous people, we empower them, and uh, then we send them out to go and reach their own people because they really speak the language um, and they know the customs. And, uh, you know, I came over here. I had to learn some customs. I, I needed to change the way I speak. I couldn't speak in my mother tongue anymore. I couldn't speak in Afrikaans because you guys couldn't understand. I can get Lindy up here and she can translate that. Um, so this is an amazing nation. These here United States is amazing. What you guys have done in the world is amazing. And COVID happened and it's tried to stop the momentum of getting the word out, getting Jesus out. And I saw some things happen in the villages where I was. And, and when people tell me, well, I'm going to go and I'm going to evangelize them, the, the villages in Africa, that doesn't get me excited anymore. And not that I'm not excited about Jesus. I love Jesus with all my heart. Uh, I'm one of those guys, I'll tell you, I'll lay, I lay down my life for Jesus. I'm not sure exactly when we say stuff like that, if you really know what that's going to be like and, until something like that happens, until you're like... Jason here that gets chased out of different cities and he's not allowed in there anymore and his name is on a list. Luckily, he got out um, because now I can be a part of Joshua Nations and he's my friend and I've really come to love him and respect him. So, but there's places where he can't go in anymore because he's preaching the, blood, the, 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 um, the cross of Jesus. And uh, so... Uh, I don't know. I've never had a, I've had a gun pointed at me because I got in a fight with somebody at a, at a um, border crossing because I was tired of paying um, bribes and stuff like that. And uh, I was ready to throw down and I was, I grabbed a guy and this big policeman comes and he's like, Hey boss, man, we got a problem here. I'm like, yeah, we've got a problem because I'm about to beat this guy. I'm, I'm done. And then we had a little bit of an exchange here, and, and he asked the guy, is the boss man telling the truth? I'm being the boss man. Um, and uh, he's like, you better get in your truck and take off. I'll take care of this guy. And I said to him, if you promise me you're going to take care of him, I'll get in my truck and take off. And he's like, yeah. And I'm like, Whoa. you know, this, is, this could have been ugly. So I don't get excited anymore when, when, when people tell me they're going to go preach the gospel in the villages because those people have a lot of those people especially in the southern part of Africa have re, have really heard the gospel multiple times and somebody preaches the gospel to them and asks them to put up their hands if they want to uh, get Jesus in the heart they, they put up their hands I mean it's a good idea Jesus is a 
It's a good idea to have Jesus in your heart. It sounds good when I, when I tell you. I mean, it's going to take away all your problems. You're going to be blessed. The, the money is just going to start rolling in. You know, uh, Satan's going to leave you alone. And uh, so that's why Jesus is the good guy. You know, he saved us from all of that. And then I realized, but these guys go back to their ancestral worship, to the witch doctors, once we leave, because they don't have a foundation in the word. And this is the, that's the important thing, is to have a foundation in the word. You can't do anything. You know, because soon after you receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, and you got on this ship, and, and, and you're, you're like, man, it's going to be a cruise ship. You know, they're, they're going to take care of my kids. They're going to entertain them. You know, drinks are free. Oh, we're in church. We don't drink. Um, all that pop that you're going to have, coffee, you know, it's, it's going to be free, and they're just going to bring it to you, and you're just going to sit and eat. And, you know, at some point, then somebody comes up to you, and they, they hand you a rifle, and you're like, hey, what you doing? You know, and, and you start looking around and you're like, man, I'm not on a cruise ship. This is a battleship. What am I doing? This is not what I signed up for. You know, and then Christians start falling away from the faith because they never took up a rifle. And they never learned how to shoot. You know, we sing these beautiful songs, you know, of God helping us and, 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 and Lord, you are the potter and I'm the clay. Make me and mold me. You know, and, and, and then he starts massaging and you're like, oh, whoa, what's that? I don't feel so comfortable, you know. Oh, you, you mean forgiveness is real? You know, Jason hurt me. You know, I'm still trying to get the knife out of my back. And, 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 and you realize that this Christian walk is not so easy. You know, I still fall. I still need to get up out of bed every morning. You know, I don't get to sleep in just because Jesus became the Lord of my life. It's, it's really not that easy. And that's because as a church, we've made converts. And we haven't made disciples. See, disciples is a little bit harder. And for a pastor, a disciple is a little bit harder to manipulate than a convert. Because a convert doesn't really know the Bible so well. So we get to manipulate from the pulpit. And if you're like me, I hate manipulation. I can't stand it. I, I, don't, I don't even like religion. I hate religion. I grew up in a pastor's house. You know, I, I know what it feels like to go through a church split and people... Being friends with people the one day and the next day they think that you're the filth and the scum of the town. I know what that feels like. So I know what it feels like to really forgive. And forgiveness is hard. And I know what it is to, once you've received Jesus and, and the hard times come, that you stand up and say, you know what, I'm, I'm, I'm going to really do this Christian thing. I'm really going to walk this out. And it's not easy. It's not easy. It's hard to walk out a Christian life. But once you start looking and seeing the benefits, you start realizing that it's actually worth it. 
it's actually worth it. You see, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't ask Jesus into my life so that I can go to heaven. Heaven is the cherry on the cake. Yes, we're all looking forward to it, but you know, if I don't die today and go to heaven, I got, I got to walk out this thing that we call life here on earth. I, I, I got to put one foot in front of the other and I got to walk. And it's not easy. Unless you got this. We had a school. Lindy and I planted a school in South Africa, a Christian school. And uh, I used to teach the Bible to them. And before we start every day, and we still get Facebook messages from these little kids. And, and I used to tell them, Say after me, this is my Bible. I am who it says I am. I can do what it says I can do because I love my Bible. And I wanted them to hold the Bible and squeeze the Bible. Kiss the Bible because it's God's word and it needs to be in us. But I find so many Christians don't know. So many Christians don't know. There's so much that God wants to teach you out of this. Just to live life and be victorious. Where are the victorious Christians? Where are the guys that say, man, I'm a Christian and I can do this thing. I'm going to change a nation. And we all know this nation is in trouble. Can I tell you why? It's because you guys do so much out there for the gospel. You got a bullseye. As a nation, you have a bullseye on your back. And I was shocked when I came back and I realized, but there, no discipleship is happening here either. You know, we, you guys are in the church, it's a little bit different because you hear the truth. But pastor can't disciple you on the 45 minutes that you spend here on a Sunday. It, it can't happen. You have to be joining a life group. You have to be reading. You have to pull people in. I met some people through Lindy, and, and I don't know why, but God kept drawing me to them. I, I didn't know them. I've, I haven't met him. I spoke to the guy's wife a little bit, and I reached out to him because he, he, he put, he's on Facebook, and, and he draws these most beautiful it's just interesting. I like interesting. He draws and then he puts a scripture with it. And that's a way that he's trying he's to put his ministry out there. He's working somewhere else. So I'm, I get my foot in the door. Sometimes with somebody, you just need to get your foot in the door. Because people are hurting. Some of you that are sitting here this morning, you're hurting. You're sitting in church and you're hurting. And you've been serving God your whole life. And you're hurting. And I don't know why, but maybe there's pride in your life. I don't know why you're not stepping out. I don't know, but you're, you're hurting and you're a Christian. And you read these things in the Word and you're not having the victory. And I don't know why you don't have the victory. But I know God wants to bring you the victory. Jesus got the victory on the cross. And I meet up with this guy. I take him out to coffee. And as we're driving, I just pray because I've learned a long time ago that you, you pray in the Spirit. That verse of Scripture there where Paul says, I pray in tongues more than any of you. I took that to heart. I, I believe the word. I'm not, I'm not the smartest guy in the world. 
My, my whole life, they told me, you won't graduate high school. You can't read. I learned how to read when I was in 10th grade. You can't read. You can't write. You will never graduate high school. I, I'll show you. I'll show you I'll do it. I'll find a way. So in 10th grade, they, they had me repeat 10th grade so that they could teach me how to read and write. And I, and I graduated. I didn't graduate top of the class. And I was kind of here at the bottom, kind of like when I graduated, the principal came to me and shook my hand. He's like, man, we were really praying for you. I'm like, really? Is that bad? But, but I've got this drive. I will show you. I'll, I'll make it. I, I've got God in me. There's truths that I know that come from here that I know that are mine. And you won't take that away from Nobody will take that away from me because I live it. So I don't see myself as the smartest person. And then after high school, they're like, well, you need to get some, you need to become a mechanic or something. And I love being, I wish I could go back and become the mechanic. Because right now, if you're a mechanic, you can get a job anywhere in the world. So yeah, go, go and do it. Yeah. I love mechanics. Now I give them a lot of money to fix my cars and I was supposed to fix it myself. Now it's just mechanic people that hurt. So... When the word says something, I just take it at face value. You know, when, when, when the word says, bring your tithes and offerings to the storehouse, I understand that this is the storehouse. I understand that I'll be blessed because I bring my tithes and offerings. I was telling the people in the first service, I am too scared not to give my tithes and offerings. So I meet, I meet this guy. His name is James, and I talked to him, and he grew up in a, in, 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 in a family that served Jesus. His dad led him to the Lord. Wow, what a privilege when your father can, can lead your, your, your children to Jesus. I had the privilege of praying with my kids so that they can, what a privilege that is. And then you get discipled, these little guys, that's hard. That's hard. Your own children, man. I, I can't coach my own kids. That's, that's a little bit different. But I try and live, you know. I talk to them about Jesus and what they do wrong and, and, and how it is. And then Lenny comes like, you're shouting at them. I'm like, I'm not shouting at them. It's like, you're shouting at them. Don't shout at them. They kind of block off. So there's a lot of things that I fail at. So I meet James. Him and I go and we have coffee. And James is a quiet guy. Doesn't talk much. But comes from a Christian family. And then I find myself doing all the talking. And I, that's not what I want to do. I want to find out about him. And I'm just talking to him. I'm like, Lord, I, that's, I prayed and I said, let this... You, you laid him on my heart for a reason, and I, and I reached out to him, and, and now we're having coffee. And he's hurting. He's really, really hurting. Ministry has hurt him. Life has hurt him. You know, life's not easy. And then it only gets harder. 
And I don't know how people do life without Jesus. I can't imagine myself doing life without Jesus. If Jesus is not a part of what I'm doing, then, then, then I'd rather not do it. But I've learned how to hear the voice of God. And I started speaking into James's life. You see, people around you are hurting. And they're waiting on you. They're waiting on you. Yeah. You've got to reach out. See, what I learned, one thing that I learned from Jason is the church has made the gospel to sit and listen. But when you read the Bible, it's a go and tell gospel. You're supposed to reach out. I sit here in the church when I'm around and I hear Pastor Scott say at the end of the service. He says, God's going to put somebody in your life that you're going to share the gospel with. But are you looking for that person? You see, don't you think Colorado Springs would look a little bit different if you've got two or three guys that what you're learning here on a Sunday, you're building into them? And I'm not saying that you need to sit and and have a Bible study together. America knows the Bible, guys. Americans know the Bible. In fact, they know the Bible so well that it's a little bit intimidating for me when I talk to them. And then people ask me, so why do you see all these miracles happen in Africa when you're out in the villages? Because those guys believe the Bible. They live the lifestyle. They don't have the knowledge. You guys have the knowledge. But we need to get you guys to live the lifestyle. If we don't get... The American church to live the lifestyle of Christianity. We're not going to change this nation. We're going to keep going on this downward trajectory that we're on. When I was in Chad, I I spoke to a gentleman from Niger that's helping us, a pastor from there. Amazing guy, amazing guy. And we start talking about the nation of Nigeria. Nigeria is, a, is, the, is the foremost church planting nation in the world. They plant more churches around the world than any, any other nation. And then we started talking about Boko Haram, the, 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 the terrorist group that's kidnapping and killing and blowing up churches. And we don't even hear that stuff in the news anymore because the news doesn't want us to tell, to tell us those things anymore. They're trying to to keep you guys away from what's happening in the world. So now you have to dig to get the real news. And when you start digging to get the real news, they call you, uh, what is it, Um, conspiracy theorist. Thank you. Now you become a conspiracy theorist. You're not a conspiracy theorist. You're a truth seeker. And it's good. You need to keep seeking after the truth. A couple of years ago, I was a conspiracy theorist, and now everything is true that I conspired about. <laughs> you know, it's true. You really think that there's, a, uh, that there's not enough baby formula in this world? It, the monkeypox ate it. <laughs> the swine flu made it. I don't know. You really think 
that it just, it just went away? Of course it didn't go away. You take the monkey pox and you take the K out of the monkey and then you follow what is left, the money. And then you'll see that Bill Gates and those guys, they got a new uh, business that they started that's making synthetic mother's milk. So maybe it's better that you just breastfeed your kids and not give them all kinds of other things that, that, that's man-made. Maybe God had the better way. So I'm talking to this guy about what's going on in Nigeria. And he tells me, he says, Boko Haram is a direct result of the church not planting churches in the northern part of Nigeria because the return on investment from those poor people are not good enough. So now Boko Haram has a foothold because the church gave it a foothold. The church gives Boko Haram the right to do what they're doing because they didn't plant churches. Because there's young men in there and they believe there's a God. And don't fool yourself. These other religions are doing much better at outreach than we are. They're doing much better at outreach than we are. Where I come from, the Muslims have a, they bought themselves into the government. We've got Muslims sitting in government because they gave money to be there. And they're killing my people. Where I come from, my people are on genocide watch. So I, I didn't run away. I didn't, I didn't run here because I'm afraid of what's happening there. It's great to be here. And I had to learn how to sleep when I came over here. I wasn't sleeping because my alarms and everything, just uh, at the church and at the school, every night, there was just alarms and you had to go and meet the, 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 the response guys because we're not allowed to carry guns. They took our guns away. By the way, never give up your guns. Don't. Because we gave up our guns, 30,000 farmers are dead in 25 years. And don't think it's not going to happen here. It's happening. But we can make a difference. I'm not here to tell you how bad it is. The news tells you how bad it is enough. I'm trying to tell you that you as a Christian, you have authority. You have power. More things that Jesus did, you shall do. We don't see it. We're losing it. Why did I tell you guys about Nigeria and Boko Haram? Because maybe what's going on in the White House is because the church is not taking up its authority. 
and doing what we're supposed to do as Christians? Let's, let's go and look at... Um, Got to get to my notes first. Mark chapter 6. And I'm missing everybody up right now, the guys in the back. And because this is, I, uh, uh, Pastor Scott said, I said to him, Pastor Scott, what do you want me to teach on? And I'm not teaching on what, I'm ta- what I taught on in the first service. It's not. <laughs> I'm so sorry. So, Lindy, you're the one that needs to stop showing me those cards. I made her have cards. You've got 15 minutes left. You've got 10 minutes left. Because... In the village, we get to go. You know, we're, we're, I'm just kind of swarming up right now. And now she's like, you got to slow down. I'm like, whoa, hold on. So I did a lot of reading the, the Bible in the first service. So Lindy, Mark, chapter 6. Mark, chapter 6. You're going to read it. I'm, I'm just going to blame this on my listexia. I mean dyslexia. Because at some point the words just start running before you. So she's going to read Mark. And it's about Jesus and him feeding uh, the 5,000. There's some amazing things happening in this, part, in, in this piece of scripture. Some really great things happening in this scripture. Feeding the 5,000. Then the apostles gathered to Jesus and told him all things, both what they had done and what they had taught. And he said, come outside by yourselves to a deserted place and rest for a while. For there were many coming and going, and they did not even have time to eat. So they departed to a deserted place in the boat by themselves. But the multitude saw them departing, and many knew him and ran there on foot from all the cities They arrived before them and came together to him. And Jesus, when he came out, saw a great multitude and was moved with compassion for them because they were like sheep, not having a shepherd. So he began to teach them many things. When the day was now far spent, his disciples came to him and said, This is a deserted place, and already the hour is late. Send them away that they may go into the surrounding country and villages and buy themselves bread, for they have nothing to eat. But he answered and said to them, You give them something to eat. And they said to him, Shall we go and buy 200 denarii worth of bread and give them something to eat? But he said to them, How many loaves do you have? Go and see. And when they found out, they said, Five and two fish. Then he commanded them to make them all sit down in groups on the green grass. So they sat down in ranks, in hundreds and in fifties. And when he had taken the five loaves and the two fish, he looked up to heaven, blessed, and broke the loaves, and gave them to his disciples to set before them. And the two fish he divided among them all. So they all ate and were filled And they took up 12 baskets full of fragments and of the fish. Now those who had eaten the loaves were about 5,000 men. Okay, so there's a lot happening in the scripture verse, this passage. And some of it I didn't even know. I, I knew that Jesus was going to a desolated place, to a quiet place. 
Sometimes we need to go to a quiet place so that we can hear from the Father. You see, when Jesus died, he reconciled us back to the Father. So that now we can enter into the throne room with boldness. And make our requests known. So when I pray, I see myself as coming into the throne room of the Father and speaking to the Father. I have that right. I'm not doing anything that I don't have the right to. Jesus, through his bloodshed on the cross, gave me that right. That's where you get your authority from. Because when you invoke the name of Jesus, the whole of the spiritual realm has to sit up and listen when you speak in Jesus' name. You have authority and you need to realize what your authority is. That's why you can speak to situations and they change. They might not change right away. It might take a little bit of time, but don't stop. So, Jesus got in the boat and he was going. And this is something that I haven't seen before. The people were running because they knew him. So, he's going this way and they're running around that way so that they can meet up. And when they get there, the people are already there. So, he keeps on teaching them because that's who Jesus is. That's who you know, he didn't have a time limit like I have. <laughs> and I've got so much to say in so little time. And I've got so much words to use. So, the disciples come to him and they said, these people are hungry. There's nothing around here. They can't go and buy anything. And he looks at them and says, you feed my people. Now, I've heard a lot of things about you feed my people. But I can tell you this. There's 5,000 men. Who knows how many women and children are running around? And I can just imagine the little redhead kid running around and jumping over everything and under everything and pulling on. And he says, you feed my people. We're in Nigeria. We're at a guy at his church. And uh, um, there's a lot of ministry, uh, ministry that have, miracles are happening. I mean, uh, I saw a lady that came to, she was going to the hospital and the baby had died. And they were supposed to move the baby out of her. And then they pray over her and the baby is born right there. You can go and search it. It's, it's on YouTube. I was there when that happened. I saw that with my own eyes. So there's a guy there, and, and he was shot in the leg. He's from Ghana, and his leg is, is broken like a, a wet twig where the bullet went through. It didn't break the leg off. So can you just imagine when he steps on this leg and the pain that he has? So the pastor is walking, T.B. Joshua is in there, and the pastor is walking by, and he's like, man of God, son of David, heal me. And, and he looks at all these pastors from all over the world that are following him. And he's like, I can't heal him because they're going to say, I healed him. And it's Jesus is the healer. And, you know, all these pastors, they were 
guys that know theology, and yeah, it makes a lot of sense. And he looks at my pops and he says, you heal him. My dad's like, I got to pray, me? He looks at my dad and he says, you call yourself a man of God and you're not even willing to pray over the sick? Pray! And when somebody speaks to you like that, you're like, okay, Shandai, Shandai, Lord, I'm praying over this leg. <laughs> my dad's praying and praying and praying and all of a sudden he hears a guy screaming and yelling and, and he's like, yeah. And the guy that he prayed over is running up and down and he's praising God. And he got healed. So I understand what, what, what these apostles were going through when he says, you feed him. Dude, there's 5,000 men. You feed them. And because I've been a part of a school, I only had 100 kids in my school, he tells them, make them sit down in groups. Have you tried to make kids sit down in groups? I mean, it's 5,000 men. I've been a part of church. It's hard to get people just to settle down so that you can start a service. That's why we start with the music. So people, when they're talking, you know, and even when we greet one another, sometimes we're like, okay, Linda, we're waiting, you know. I'm going to be in trouble now. <laughs> Speak to the youth. <laughs> you weren't here in first service. I was telling the people, when we came here, we're like, man, Pastor Scott's such a great pastor. A lot of things are happening. We're really praying over him. He preaches the word. We're praying for him. And then we get to know him. And now we're praying for Linda. <laughs> You know, Pastor Scott's brave. Dude, when his wife gets up in the night to go to the bathroom, he takes her pillows and he throws them down the hallway. I'm like, he's the bravest man I know. If I did that to my wife, I'd be like, I'm done. In Africa, I tell the people, my wife's an American and they got big guns. You don't mess with that. Here, I can't say it, but at least you guys laughed. Yeah. Yeah, but... I'll sleep in another bedroom, and I don't like sleeping in another bedroom. I like my bed. So, that's Scott's brave man. Um, so, just getting people to sit down. So, here's what I see, and, 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 I'll, and I'll, I'll end off with this. If you do what Jesus tells you to do, he'll bring the miracle. If you bring your tithes and offerings the way that we're supposed to, he'll bring the miracle. He, it's up to him. It's in his word. God says in his word, remind me of my word. I do. Lord, I'm a tither and a giver. I'm not here in this nation because I want to be here. You told me to be here. I don't run away because they're trying to kill us. I'm here because you said come. Now I know why I'm here. I met with Jason and Anna and I went from being a guy that ran around the villages. Now through Joshua Nations, I get to sit down with men in high places and we get to discuss what would it look like to disciple your nation. And who am I? I can't even read and write, let alone type. You want an email from me? Get WhatsApp. 
That's the computer I know. It's called an iPhone, if you haven't heard about it. They're amazing. I'm sorry for you, Will Pray. Um, um, if you do what Jesus tells you to do, he will bring the miracle. He told the disciples, make them sit down. Give me what you have, and I will multiply it. You bring your tithes and offerings, he will multiply it. The directive is, go and make disciples of the nations. He didn't say, go and find the money and then go make disciples of the nations. The directive is, go and make disciples. And I've seen with Joshua nations, we're growing so fast in the nations. We're, we're just praying that the money catch up. And it is. And I'm prophesying and I'm praying that it will. Because the people out there are hungry. They're hungry. And I pray that you guys get hungry. I pray that this nation gets hungry so that we can turn this nation around. Because we're the first generation that could have all the unreached people groups reached. Hence COVID came in. The enemy had to stop it somehow. He had to come against the church and the way the church was moving. He had to put the brakes on and shut us down. I'm so thankful for this church not shutting down. For this church standing on the, on the beautiful constitution that you, have, that you have. You've still got rights. But you only got a right as far as you're willing to push it. Thank you. You have to exercise those rights. It's the same as the Bible. You have to exercise and know what is in the Bible. It doesn't help me to stand up here and tell you that you have authority. I tell you guys about the miracles. There's, and, I, and I got stories. I can write books full of stories if I could write. But I can't, so I don't. Of how good God is. But I don't tell you about for how many people I stepped out and nothing happened. I don't tell you how many people I talk to and they don't get saved. But I'm still going to keep doing it. I'm still going to keep laying hands on people. And I'm still going to see the miracles come. Because that's what God is telling me to do. I'm not going to stop. And my heart is for you guys not to stop. Joshua Nations is not just a ministry that does discipleship. They give it away for free. We empower people. You can go on to nowhis.com and see what we have there for new believers. And download it for free. It's there. You can have it. I'm not a, it's not a secret. The only thing we charge for is if you want the books printed through us. And then we just cover the printing of the books. The gospel is free. It takes finance to spread it. And 
That's why the enemy is coming against this nation so hard because of what you guys are doing in the world. And if you stand up and you exercise your authority and you do what Jesus told us to do as the body of Christ, then he'll bring the miracle. He always brings the miracle. It doesn't happen in the time that you want it to happen. But it will happen. It will happen. I'm a tither and a giver and you won't take that away from me. Lindy and I, we feed 30 kids every day, three meals a day. 60 kids. Every day, three meals a day. Because the word says, the purest form of religion is to take care of the widows and the orphans. And we had a campaign through Joshua Nations and the platform that they have. They allowed us to do a campaign because last year a little baby was dropped off with us, abandoned at nine months old. And at least this one was abandoned with us. Before Lindy and I left, there were a set of twins that they threw on the open field across the, the church. And they died during the night of exposure. We don't have what you have in this nation. If you can't take care of your kids, you get rid of them. We have this beautiful little baby. And we still cook on the floor. We don't have a space. We, we, we prepare the, the, the meal with sticks and, and, and stuff on the floor with pots, these big old black pots that they have in Africa. And she, she, she's about, well, 18 months old at this stage. And there's 60 kids running around, and we've got two or three ladies cooking. And this little girl gets a hold of one of the pots and takes that steaming hot water, and she pulls it over herself. She dies that night. Jason comes to me, he's like, what are we going to do to stop this? How are we not going to, I'm like, we got to build a structure. She says, how much is the structure going to cost? It's like, give me a second. Come back to him, $6,000. We'll put it in the bathroom. We'll put it in the kitchen. We'll put it in a place for them to eat because they don't have to eat in the dust anymore. And except for that, we're going to plant a church there, and we're putting a Joshua Nation school there, and we're putting a well in for $6,000. And we start the campaign last Friday, not this past Friday, the one before that, Friday a week ago. We start the campaign and I get to run the campaign all by myself. Usually Jason is with me. This time I'm by myself. He leaves me, my friend, whom I love. Yeah. No money's coming in. By the end of the day, I've talked. My, my, my mouth is dry. My throat is sore. Jason sent me a text, tired yet? Throw the phone. <laughs> Don't want to talk about it. I'm disappointed. I'm like, God, I didn't ask money for me. I don't want this money for me. I want it for that, 
for that village, for those kids. We, we, we grabbed two of them because the mom was going to sell them off as prostitutes. They're 13, 12, 13 years old, twins. Mom's a prostitute. High on drugs and alcohol. We grab them. We're feeding them. Buying them clothes. I'm not asking for me, God. I'm just doing what your word says. And I'm praying and I'm trusting God. I called my dad. I'm like, Dad, I'm sorry. We tried. My dad's like, well, thank you. Thank you, Joshua Nations. Thank you for the American people who gave... Yesterday morning, I had zero dollars. Now I've got 3,000. He's always an optimist sometimes, maybe. And I can just hear God say, I got this. I got this. And by Sunday night, $11,500 came in. Because of these people in this nation giving, you guys are an amazing nation. If you do what Jesus tells you to do, we can change this nation. Jesus changed the world with 12 people. But he built into them. My challenge to you this morning is, take what Pastor Scott gives you. Go find somebody. Reach out. And go and make disciples. Let people follow you the way that you follow Jesus. Let people follow you the way you follow Pastor Scott. Guys, this is an amazing church. Something is about to happen. I'm prophesying. Something is about to happen in this church, and it's going to be big. That man and that woman sitting over there, they need your prayers more than ever before. I know Pastor Scott. He didn't want to go to Denver the way he is. I knew it was coming. But he didn't want to go. But that's what God has for him right now. And if he does what Jesus tells him to do, Jesus will bring the miracle. I kind of feel sorry for those people up in Denver. (laughs) Just a little bit. Live your life so that others will be drawn to you. And I'm ending with this. I know you guys are sitting here and you're hurting for whatever reason. And you've got the right to hurt. I'm not taking your right away from you. I'm not here to tell you to man up and stop being a baby. That's not what I'm telling you. I'm telling you that Jesus wants to heal you. If you step forward and you say, I'm hurting I want to pray with you. I don't care if you need healing. I don't care if somebody hurt you so bad. I don't care if you grew up with a father that didn't love you or a mother that rejected you or a church that hurt you. A man of God that did something to you. Or just life and you feel beat down. I know what it is to fight and you feel like, man, my fists can't take it anymore. pray with you this morning I'm going to ask Jason and Anna to pray with you guys this morning because we've seen what God can do and the enemy wants to keep you down he doesn't want you to have the authority that you 
are entitled to having. Because he cannot allow the kingdom of God in this nation to prosper because of who this nation is, because of who this city is, because of who this church is, because of who you are and who your family are. He cannot allow that. He needs you to be beat down. He needs you to see yourself the way that the media tells you you are. Because if the sleeping giant that is called the church of these United States wakes up, it's going to be amazing, guys. It's going to be amazing, and I'm glad that I'm here. And hopefully I can see it before Jesus comes. Because Jesus is coming, and His coming is close. And if you are not right with God, you need to get right with God. Because Jesus is coming back. He's coming back for the remnant. The remnant is small. Statistics right now show that only 60% of the United States believe in Jesus. And of the 60% that believe in Jesus, only 30% believe that He is the way. believe that he's just one of the ways and then we look at the Bible and it says talks about the ten virgins and only five make it it's not that the other ones didn't know they just weren't ready and it's time for us to be ready and it's time for you to stand up and be counted So that one day when you step in front of the throne room of God, He will say, well done, good and faithful servant, come in. Because if He doesn't say that, one way ticket down, very hard place. So make sure that you're right with God. Make sure that you're ready to be counted. I don't care who you are, what you've done. Because the Holy Spirit is not here to convict you of your sin. The Holy Spirit was sent to tell you that you are righteous. That Jesus has made you righteous. I don't need to tell somebody to tell me that I've done wrong. I know. My husband, my, 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 my brother is a, is a homosexual. He tells me, when I put my head down on the pillow at night, I know that I'm wrong. And I'm like, dude, just get yourself right. The Holy Spirit is here. He's convicting you of your righteousness. And if you listen to Him, and if you get yourself rooted in the Word of God, and if you get discipled, you can reach people. There's no reason this church shouldn't be full. It's not just up to this couple up here. To do the work of the ministry. They're doing what they're supposed to. 
They're training you up. You're going to stand before God for that. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for indulging me and listening to me. And we've got the Joshua Nations table out there if you, if you want any information about what we are and what we do. You can liken us on Facebook. We've got a Facebook account, joshuanations.org. We'll tell you more about us. I'm in and out of the church. I'm here most Sundays. We love you guys. You guys are an amazing church. You're an amazing fellowship. You're an amazing group of people. If you keep doing what you're doing right now, God will use you guys in a mighty way. I see His hand on you guys as you're sitting here. God's hand is back there. He's moving. Right here, God is moving. He's going to touch you guys. Thank you, Pastor Scott. So, um, during first service, Vili promised that uh, he and Lindy would pray for anybody that wanted to be prayed for. So I think we should hold them accountable for that. It's this service, right? And I do think I heard him say that uh, the Hollands would be praying for people too. So we'll just hold everybody accountable for this. Um, there's some things going on you guys know you need somebody to pray for you so um, come down front and we want to do that um, and I'd like everybody to stand I want to pray for us but if you need prayer come on down no reason to hesitate wait around and um, we'll have these guys uh, pray for you but let me pray over all of us God we just, we just submit ourselves to you Lord, that you're the king. We, we're not the king. You are. You're the one that's in charge. You're the ruler. You're the authority. We submit to you. God, and I pray, I, I pray specifically even about the, um, the financial stuff that Billy said. Lord, if there's anybody in this room that's not convinced that tithing is so important, Lord, get in their heart and their spirit right now. God, as we head into to a recession, we're going to need your help. But you promised us you would take care of us during the difficult times. And so, Lord, we ask you to, to, to confirm that. All through this room, confirm. God, put it in their hearts. This is the way. This is the way to be taken care of. God, we reach out with our families and our lives. Reach out with our pain and our frustration. We reach out to you that you're the key. We thank you for this. Lord, bless us with you. More than anything else, bless us with you. Lord, bless Joshua Nations. God, we know that this is from you and for you. And so, God, just pour your spirit into them. Finances, bury them in finances, Lord God. That, that, that there, will be, there will be too much money and they'll have to start turning it away. Jesus. We thank you. In Jesus' name. So if you need prayer, just go ahead and come up here. And um, it'll take as long as you need praying, whatever's going on. Right? Um, for the rest of you, before noon tomorrow, God's going to give you the chance to let somebody know Jesus loves them. Do the best you can. Tell somebody about the Lord this week. It's really not as hard as we make it. 
Tell somebody about the Lord, and God will honor that in your life. It's a guarantee. So have a good Memorial Day, and we will see you Wednesday night.